The following program is a podcast1.com presentation. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential. Him and her. Uh-huh. Hi guys. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast. We are podcasting from France. We have Alex, our friend here. Alex, say hi. Hey, everyone. He's also known on Snapchat as Moose Knuckle. If you followed along on our vacation, we'll get into that later, though. Welcome <laughs> back to the show. To the show. I'm Michael Bostic, your main host and number one podcaster. I hate when he does this voice. He does this weird look and this weird voice. No, listen, it's been a it's been a whirlwind of days. And first of all, we just both want to apologize in advance if the sound quality is not good. We're in the middle of Provence, France, with my friend Alex. Tell us where we are specifically, though. Um, where the hell are we? So we're in the middle of the Côte du Rhone, which is in Provence. Um, the Côte du Rhone is a wine region here in France. We're at my house, and um, we're in our kitchen. But it's been. A whirlwind of a couple of days, which we'll get into. You don't say. Michigan, you don't say <laughs> once again. Um, but before we get into it, I just want to say and uh, thank everyone. Take a moment for, you know, listening to the show. We both really appreciate it. If you like the show and has entertained you, please tell your friends about it and podcasting in general. It's what keeps our show growing so that we're able to bring you free content on a weekly basis. And uh, Lauren and I have had a shitload of fun doing this. We never thought that we would be hosting a podcast together. Alex, did you ever think you were going to be podcasting with me? Alex has known me and Lauren both for, what, 20 years almost? Yeah, when we were getting in trouble in 7th grade and 8th grade, I definitely didn't see me being on a podcast show with you. Before we get into the show, though, like I just want everyone to know, yes, Alex has two names, Alex and Moose Knuckle, but he also has another name, too, named uh, Bruce. He was, the, he, You know, he's so happy because... Now you've started nicknaming me Susan, but nothing's we made me happier. When we were kids, Karma. I started calling him Bruce. And how many years have you been trying to escape that name? Twenty. Ever since I've known you. Explain Bruce. So like I just started, twenty years. I just started calling Alex Bruce one day in middle school, and it just stuck with him. Even when we moved to different cities, people just continued to call him it. So when I saw him and he heard about Susan, he had like this big grin on his face, and was just he's like, "I'm so happy." He's like, "Nothing's made me happier." Yeah, so yeah, my revenge. If we call him Bruce, that's why I call him Bruce all the time. Now I call him Moose Knuckle this trip. But so what if you guys do? followed along on Snapchat, you see for the last few days that we've just been. Like, it started out fine. Lauren and I decided to come to Saint Tropez in France. I said, Alex, why don't you meet us there? And it, you know, it was smooth sailing until you got here. As soon as you got here, <laughs> things really escalated. Well, I had, a, I had a rocky start. Yeah, let's. T- well, I think we both had rocky starts. So Air France, we're out here. Air France is on strike, and um, basically what that means is the wind blew the wrong way the one day, and the guy in the pencil sharpening department decided, "Hey, let's just go on strike," and the whole company shut down. Michael decided that he was going to try to flirt with the ticket counter girl to get us a ticket, which worked unbelievably. I don't understand. It's not that unbelievable. Stuff. No, I'm you were. Charming. He was like winking at her and like pointing at her with like his thumb up, and like she was like, "No." <laughs> Well, Jacques St. Clair, or whoever that first guy was, he was being a real dickhead, and he, he was not having it. And uh, 
Oh, so, you're starting a little early. <laughs> oh, Gene. Gene, uh, Alex's dad just came into the podcast. Gene, why don't you sit, no, Gene can sit, sit down. down. Yeah, have sit down. So, Gene, we're doing our podcast. Um, Gene is Alex's dad, Bruce's dad. He's a character. Alex is so embarrassed right now. He's he dying. doesn't want him on the show, but we do. This is going to be amazing. So, yeah, back to the Air France. We get there, and the guy was saying, listen, there's no way you're, you're, you're coming. There's no way you're, you're getting through this airport. We're on strike. It's not happening. And um, I, I flirted with a girl. She was susceptible to my charms. You didn't I, flirt with her, though. You have no idea how to flirt. It's dreadful well, it way works. to flirt. We're, we're here. We're it here. doesn't work. Look, at, she's drinking rosé, and she's still complaining. What else is new? <laughs> so, so yeah, we finally arrived um, very sweaty after 26 hours. It was pretty gross. I needed a glass of rosé ASAP and a little burrata. Um, got to the hotel and the hotel was amazing. You guys probably saw that on Snapchat. Um, so stunning. Like San Tropez is definitely my favorite place. It's amazing. This is a, the, the, where we are now. Though is a close second, they're, but they're different. They're different. different. Gene, how are they? How are they different? How would you say the difference between San Tropez and Provence? Um, well, San Tropez is Provence, but and all the way down to to Italy. But the difference here is that this is uh, more uh, working people. Whereas San Tropez isn't, you know, people come to visit and they, it's a vacation spot. Whereas this area of the Cote d'Orange, the working people, whether they work in the vines or making wine, or it's uh, authentic in a different way. Yeah. It's, it's charming here. It's very charming. charming. Beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen prettier views in my life. Can we yeah, talk about how Bruce packed all his linens and took took them to the linen store and had them pressed in plastic bags, ready to yeah, go, Alex, and his suitcase got lost. Alex and I were talking about these linen shirts for weeks in advance. They, had, they, they had a full-blown group text message over these linen shirts. I mean, they were asking if they should do a pastel moment, a linen moment, a he, striped he, moment. He, he, you took it a step further, though, and went to the, the, what'd you go, the laundromat or the dry cleaner? Yeah, I was very prepared. I thought I was very prepared before heading into my flights. I had all my linens picked out. I was super excited. I had them all pressed. And uh, I packed them in my luggage. And then I had some serious complications getting to Saint-Tropez, which screwed everything up. My favorite part is you told Jonna, Jonna is Alex's girlfriend, that she was not allowed to carry on her carry-on with all her mother's jewelry, <laughs> some of her extra clothes, and her shoes because you would have to carry it, right? Well, yeah, basically and we then, get to the airport, and what we get to the airport and she goes, she's like, um, I'm, I want to take this carry on bag with me. I was like, I was like, no, definitely not. You definitely need to check that bag. It's too big. And I, cause I know I'm going to be the one who ends up carrying this bag around the entire time. And I definitely want to avoid that. So long story short, we end up missing a couple flights because of Air France's strike. We finally get to Saint-Tropez without our bags. And of course, she's super pissed because she wanted to carry on her bag with all the important things that she needed in it. And I had made her check check it because I knew I was going to end up carrying it. Okay, but but wait. His girlfriend is always super pissed at him. One of my favorite things is to watch her get mad at you. Me and Lauren would just sit back and laugh the entire time. Yeah, she's pretty funny to you. They've got a good banter going on. He kind of just takes it and she sits there and yells at him. And then you got there. Similar to you guys. Yeah, similar. (laughs) Similar. you got there. Theme going on. And of course, the first thing you do is get yourself an outfit. (laughs) And you didn't get her anything. Yeah, she was pissed. She threw in a couple bathing suits with that. So we went. So he got there. Lauren and I had been relaxing for a few days, which was nice. I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, Sandra Pay, calm place. But then, of course, Alex shows up and decides to take us out 
And everything really escalated from there. He set the theme when he said that he wanted an IV of Don Julio injected into his vein the second that he arrived at the hotel. So there was that. Well, let me put it this way. I had a really long uh, travel time getting there. A lot of canceled flight. A lot of disappointment. Uh, I was disappointed for a lot of reasons. A, I love San Tropez. I wanted to be there. And B, I was coming to see two of my best friends. So I was disappointed to not be able to be there when I did sooner. Um, so when I got there, I was pretty much ready to go. And as uh, Michael put it, we went ballistic. Yeah, you guys went ballistic. I was like the sober driver. but I wasn't driving, but I was the sober I one. That. I was pretty sober. Michael, When Michael and Alex get together, it's, it's catastrophe. <laughs> catastrophe. Well, even here, like last night, all four of us were drinking wine. And like, we just can't take it easy. We got to stay till four or five in the morning. I fell asleep on the couch. I know. I'm, I felt like a babysitter last night. You, but anyway, San Tropez was very fun. They coordinated their pastels. <laughs> I had to deal with that the entire time. So, you My guys were- finally did arrive, by the way. And you know what's funny is we, Lauren and I tried to do this podcast from San Tropez, but there was just like... There was no way. Our head was like mashed potatoes because we were like partying way too much. I had so. literally the worst personality you guys have ever seen. I just looked at Michael to just take the mic from me. I just couldn't do it. So here we are. So that was a fight. <laughs> you don't say. So so now we're here. We are staying at Alex and Jean's home. So nice of them to give us hospitality and gallons of rosé. Gallons. Gallons. We're working into gallons. I love that. I lo- I, Jean, I, lo- I saw you with a, a video of you using like a gasoline pump to pump <laughs> rosé into can- jugs. Jugs. But Jugs. you don't get hung over from the rosé here because there's no sulfites can you, in it? Can you explain why that? I was trying to talk about that earlier. Why, like why you don't get a bad hangover out here? Well, for one thing, we don't put... Uh, the biggest thing for hangovers is sulfites. And you have to put sulfites in wine so it travels. Because it's on planes, it's on here, it's on trucks. So, so to keep the, the, the wine stable, you put sulfites in it. And by the time you have a, a few glasses of wine in the, in the United States, you're pretty gone. I mean, it, you just, you're not drinking anymore. Here, it doesn't affect you the same way. It absolutely, I can't remember ever being drunk here, no matter what we drink. Yeah, you know what's funny is I never drink wine in the States purely because I get massive headaches. And yeah. I, think I didn't wake up with a headache today at all. No, no. it's not. Everybody says the same thing, especially white wine. If you drink white wine... It's really bad. And we drank the whole, the whole gasoline jug. Oh, that's gone. Yeah, that's gone. Yeah, that's you, gone. You, you guys were doing keg stands. Yeah, two bottles. I forgot about the champagne. Well, Alex was keg standing the, the rosé gallon in the back. Who knows what was going on? He wasn't hungover at all because he had to wake up at 4 a.m. to take his girlfriend to the airport two hours away. Yeah, how was that? Yeah, that was rough. We went to bed really late, probably around 2, 230 we had uh, had a great night, and then I had to wake up two hours later and drive an hour and a half each way to drop her off at the airport. It was uh, not um, not the ideal. Finest moment. No. <laughs> so uh, here we are. We're out here. We're drinking rosé. We're trying to keep it together to provide a, a good show. Mm. And um, before we drink another gallon, I'm excited uh, though that Gene's here now because Gene can take the lead and tell us what he cooked for us last night because that was really interesting. And those beans, I need the mm. recipe. What, what you, was that? What was that? We did a margarita canade, which is a duck breast. Okay. And then we I, we pan fried some white cannellini beans. So good, you the beans. And onion and garlic. 
And then when I got them really the way I'd like them, I put them in the bottom of the pan and put the duck breasts over it so all the juice and all the, all the fat of the dust breasts go into the, go into the, um, the cannellini beans, which is great. It's a great, great way to do it. Next time you should do a side pate of moose knuckle. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if that exists. We've been calling Alex Moose Knuckle the whole trip because pastels really make the Moose Knuckle stand out. So this whole trip, him and Michael have just had an ongoing erect Moose Knuckle that I've so, had to look at. Let, let, yeah, okay. Well, I'm not sure exactly how I was coined the term Moose Knuckle because I think Michael's have been just as prominent the entire trip. Totally. Totally. Plus, Michael packs his phone in there. There's other stuff going on. I don't know what <laughs> this, you got. This, this show started as a combination of like business management, social media marketing, and I don't know how it took a turn to jugs of rosé and moose knuckles. You know, you've got to go with what you're doing. Here we are. No, um, we're going to provide content this show. A lot stay of the with show, us. Yeah, stay with us. It's going to be about travel. And um, it's not. I don't, we don't really have a general question, but we've been getting a lot of travel questions. How do you travel? What are your tips? What do you think is best? What do you do when you go to different cultures? So we kind of want to... To touch on that, Alex actually did something that I regret not doing, um, one of the biggest regrets of my life, and I don't have many, which was you actually moved over here during your college years and studied abroad. Yeah, so I didn't just study abroad here. I actually did my entire college career in schooling here, so it wasn't like I went for a semester. I went I went and graduated my entire four years. Um, so I studied in Paris at the American University, so... Um, I lived here for four years in Paris, and then um, after I graduated, I also you know, lived in the south of France, lived in Switzerland, I stayed over here as long as I could, and then I eventually went back to the States um, to you know, start a career. And you speak now close to fluent French, which we use to our advantage on multiple occasions yes. in Saint-Tropez, because if not, we would have just been the two dumb Americans trying to... No, that was great. In. It was so cool to hear you speak French, and I'd love to know how you say moose knuckle again in French. Could you say le moose knuckle. Yeah, perfect. But, um, <laughs> so when you, when you first came over here, did you, t- did you take French classes, or how did you learn? Yeah, so I, when I first... When I was touched down in Paris, but basically as you know, a freshman coming student, I didn't speak a word of French. Oh. Um, we had to... Um, you know, take French in school, so it's kind of forced upon you because you're a you're living in, living in France and you and you want to learn it and you want to be able to communicate um, with everybody and also you, you know they made us take it in school. Yeah. So, would you recommend traveling abroad for people in in college, or did you did you like the experience? Was it difficult, hard? Was it easy? Um, it was the best thing I ever did. It was the best decision I ever made for a lot of different reasons because you know you learn so much more than you do in a classroom when you. Um, live in another in another country. You, it really gives you a different perspective on the entire world and different cultures, how other people live, as opposed to just kind of being in a similar bubble. Maybe even with the friends you went to high school with, um, you know, continuing on to college, you kind of opens up your entire um, horizon and, and point of view on life. All right, I, if I can recommend to the Skinny Confidential readers or listeners, you guys go abroad if you're in college. Go explore. Go have fun. You don't have any obligations. Um, if you do, like, I feel like you can get away for a couple months. When I was in college, I had a dog, so I couldn't do that. I wish I had gotten the dog later in life and then gone to other places. You made the mistake of not going abroad as well. No, it's crazy. And you know what? I have a, a lot of people know about Jordan. She's on the show sometimes, my, my middle sister. She's three years younger than me. But I also have um, Tara, who's my youngest sister. She's nine years younger than me. and um, She's spicy. She's really spicy, which gives me a heart attack. 
But I told her when I, you know, one of my biggest regrets was not doing this. And what she did, which, I mean, the balls on this girl are probably huge. That's weird to say about your sister. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying. Okay. She decided her <laughs> sophomore year of high school to move to Spain, which was crazy because everybody in high school is like never leaving high school. They're not, they don't want to, you know, they're caught up so much in the drama. She decided to leave to Spain. She now speaks fluent Spanish. Then her senior year, she decided to move to Paris, speaks fluent French. She's actually here right now and possibly going to meet us in the next couple of days in Paris. She's studying again. And I just think it's wonderful because, you know, you learn, a few, you learn certain things in college, but they don't teach you culture. They don't teach you travel. They don't teach you how to get around in the world. So when you do something like that, when you actually take the time to study abroad and learn about other cultures and learn other languages, those skills are so useful and practical in in the real world. I mean, well, but those skills will you'll never forget. And the other thing, what happens when you travel and you live in other places, you're actually living other places. Is I think the biggest thing is that your playground becomes very big instead of your own hometown or your own home state. You get out now, of the bubble. You get out of the bubble and you start to see that there are other people in the world having a good time, enjoying themselves, and people that you can relate to. And you say, wow, I, I, I never thought of it. I never thought of it this way. But the world then becomes your playground instead of some small little bubble that you're always in. And uh, I think that's, there's lots of ways to look at education. And I think that there's books and you learn how to do one and one is two and two and two is four. That's great. But there's also the education of living other places in the world. And that's a great education. The education that Michael and Alex got last night from the quote that you shared about the man and the woman. Can you share yeah. the quote? Because they really needed that. Yeah. What did you say? You said, you say it. Which one? Oh, it's the said, one he said, when a man, when a woman meets a man, she thinks. No, let him do it. He's so good at it. I said, when, when a woman meet when a man meets a woman, he's hoping, oh my goodness, I hope she never changes. <laughs> and then when a woman meets a man, she looks and says, He's somebody I can work with. <laughs> exactly. And Michael's also learning a lot of other things, like our new phrase that we're working on, yes, dear. Tell us about what you said about, um, what's the guy, Mickey Rooney? Mickey, Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. He was married eight times, and he says it took his eighth marriage for him to work, to understand how to be happy with one person in a marriage. And he said he learned the phrase, yes, dear. Michael learned that, you guys. I'm he just looking. learned that after eight years. Yes, dear. Last night I asked him something and he said, yes, dear. So, but the, the Amazing great, the, what you can learn. <laughs> it's amazing, like, talking about travel. The whole reason that we're sitting at this table right now is, Eugene, you decided, I don't know, how many years ago now? 10? 20. 20 years that you were going to leave the United States and move here. Right. And I thought that was so incredible. We were talking about it in the car. You know, Gene's run businesses. He's worked for companies. He's worked for himself. Mm. And what made, the, like, at what point did you decide to say, like, okay, I'm just going to up and go to France? Well, I think, I think for me, which was uh, really important, there was a couple of things that I noticed psychologically that some of my friends thought I was rejecting our culture. I was rejecting the United States. And actually, that wasn't true. And the people that were really close to me and my family, they came here. So I added, they, it was like an added plus. Instead of them looking at me like I was rejecting the United States and the way they lived, it was just different. And I thought, 
well, you do something for 40 years in your life. It, wouldn't it be interesting to do something different just for a while? And there can never be a, a, a mistake, even if you only lasted six months and you went back. There's no, there's no, uh, you didn't fail. There's no failure. It's, it's something new that you learned. And I love, because I say the same thing. I love what you say about failure. There is no such thing as failure. They're all lessons. They're all lessons. They should look at all of those things as lessons. And you shouldn't, you should try not to repeat them. Because you know the red flags. I mean, all of us uh, have dated somebody, whether it be in high school or college, and you see the red flags. And as my friend always used to say to me, your problem is that you always drove through the red flags. <laughs> You're supposed to stop, you know, and say, wow, I can't work with this. I can't deal with this kind of behavior. And I don't think, I really believe that they're just lessons and, and, and they're, they're trying to teach you something and you should learn from them. So you was shouldn't it, repeat it. Was it difficult when you first moved here? It was very difficult because uh, you felt like, uh, it was very exciting because there was so much to learn and so new. And so the first year or two, it's so exciting as far as uh, you have so much to learn and whether it be just uh, uh, how to register a car or rent a house or speak the language. Uh, so it, it, there's an excitement to it. Then that kind of wears off. And then you know the infrastructure very well and you know how to get around here and everything else and what to do. And so you go into that, that, you go into that mode Whereas, you know, you're questioning what you did. But there is no, there's no failures. It's just lessons. I mean, I look back and said, okay, if I stayed where I did and made the money and had all those things, then I wouldn't have had, honestly, moments like this. Yeah. So what's more important? The people that you met along the way, the interesting people from all over the world, that's gold. In so many no, ways. I, agree. I think the moral of the story is you and I need to move to France for a couple of years and you need to buy me some like beautiful chateau in the middle of is nowhere. Is that what you got out of that story? That's totally <laughs> what I got out of it. So, you know, we were talking, we, get, we got a lot of questions and um, we have a lot of listeners, young listeners, uh, people on a budget, and everybody thinks it's so expensive to come it's over so here. It's so cheap. Go. It's half the price. It's so cheap to hit, live here. I can't live back in the United States because I couldn't afford to live in the United States. Did you guys hear that? And it's funny because I wanted to talk to both of you about this because we travel. Sometimes we do it on a budget. Sometimes we stay in hotels. But I think there's a, a misconception that it's so expensive. So cheap. That's it's it's just, I, I notice a lot way. of people don't want to figure it out. Like they don't want to take the time to do the research Mom, and figure it that's out. That's a very, very smart thing what you just well, said. That's very important. And they don't want to figure it out. I'm thinking here, Nick, my sister, Tara, she's here. She has a very, very limited budget. Alex, when you first came here to study, you had, you were a student. You, you had a very limited budget. Oh, yeah. Do? It was unbelievable. I went to his apartment. <laughs> I went to his apartment before he says anything. And I think he was seriously eating pasta morning, noon, and night. There was nothing in this. I'm sure he had enough money for alcohol, though. So, Alex, what did you do when you were on this budget? Because I want people to understand that they can travel to places like this on a budget. So being a student, you know, I did have some time. I had some free weekends and so forth. And when I would travel, I would just take trains. And it wouldn't be the most luxurious or quickest way to get somewhere. But, you know, instead of... Being, you know, in the States or staying where you would, I'd be traveling from Paris to Spain or to, or to Germany or to the Netherlands or to the south of France or Switzerland. So Trains are a cheaper but, way to know, get around. Yeah, you can take, you, once you start living in a place, 
you know, obviously not everyone in the world is rich, so you you learn from the people that you become friends with that live there, and they'll, you know, you see how they travel, and you see how you'll understand how you can do it inexpensively. Like, you don't always have to be, you know, flying and taking, you know, the nicest luxury accommodations. So was it like hotels or Airbnb? Yeah, it was often, well, Airbnb wasn't quite around um, when I was in school. However, nowadays, when I'm traveling on a budget, yeah, I absolutely use Airbnb. I mean, you know, when I was traveling, there was a lot of hostels. It was a lot of, um, it was a lot of trains. And, you know, if if we were a group, we'd often, you know, get and rent a car cheaply. Good idea. Good tips. Well, you know, there's another thing that I wanted to to say about what he's saying and what you asked me before about living here. There's another thing about living in Europe is that our priorities are different. I'm not saying they're better and I'm not saying they're, they're, but they're different. So the priorities here is that one of the things is that we care about conversation, food, wine, of all which we can do inexpensively. We really don't care about what you're driving what you're wearing, and all the things that we care about in the United States. So all of a sudden, I say, it's cheap living here because you stop having the wants. You don't want and you've done it all. Stuff. I yeah. mean, you've done it all. Exactly. So you, don't, you stop having the wants. It's like Alex figured out that it was better to live in Paris and take a bus somewhere than having to go a certain way or the train or something and that was that's important. Where you, you put your priorities and say it's more important to do it this way because I am here. Also, you know, um, uh, like I said to you before, all of a sudden things don't become as important to you as they did in the United States. It sounds like here it's more about experiences. Oh yeah. And and in the United States, there's different priorities. Well, we care more what people think of us, where we live, what we look like, what we dress like. If, is it that we care a great deal about that? So we're always trying to keep up with all of those luxuries. Here, I say this story over and over again. One of my, one of our best friends here was the ambassador to Afghanistan. He also was running uh, the worst uh, uh, civil rights cases for the United Nations. His name is Najib. He's a great guy. He's, he has a house in Nairobi and he lives here. And after about seven or eight years, you know, Al, uh, I said to John Louis one night when we were having dinner, I said, oh, by the way, is Najib coming tonight? I said, what does he drive? And this was after seven years as one of our best friends. John Louis looked at me and said, I don't know what he drives. Do you know what he drives? We didn't care what he did. It didn't matter. Yeah, I, Lauren and I talk about this all the time about how important it is to kind of, we say, stay in your own lane. Like, don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Exactly. Do your own thing. Exactly. Don't get caught up in what everyone else has or what everyone else Well, is and doing everyone's different. Much. Some people exactly. like to put an emphasis on the nice things in the United States, and that's totally fine. They should do them. But, I mean, coming over here and having experiences is really rich. And it's like you said, you'll take it to the grave. It's memories. It's friendships. Look look how fun this is. We're podcasting from your kitchen, drinking right. rosé with no sulfites, mm. having an iced coffee that you made. I mean, it's amazing. Well, the other thing about it is, is that I don't want to give anybody the wrong impression about all four of us. We all like nice things. But we'll, there's, there's a certain amount that we're not going to pay. A huge, we're not going to pay some exorbitant price for it, and that means a price of life in some ways. We understand that. 
we understand that. Yeah. Sure, I like nice clothes, and I and I like all the same things that you guys like. But I know that if I can't go to Spain, and if I don't have the money that month, and I can get a, a hotel room for, you know, a nice little hostel or place for party, it's more important that I'm in Spain than having to stay in a $300 a night room. Some people don't. The room is more important. Yeah, you know what's funny is like Lauren and I probably we spend a large amount of our budget on travel. So when we travel and like with what Lauren does, she's you know she's on social media. People say, "Oh, how do you guys travel?" Because we put a priority and an emphasis on experiences like this on travel. So maybe if you want to travel and and you you know you have finances in other places, you should look at where everything is and put the priority on travel, on experiences, on memories. Yeah. And we were me and Jean were talking earlier about just you know. The things you sacrifice if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to run a business, those that's fine if that's what you want to do. But you need to have an honest conversation with yourself and understand what you give up when you do something like that. Like if you want to run the next huge multi-business business, whatever it is, like you're going to give up things like this. You're going to not have as much freedom. You're not going to have as much time. And that's 100% fine if you have the honest to sit like conversation with yourself and say, okay, that's the life I want. But if you want the life where you can kind of up and leave, relax, take it easy, you, you have to make that decision. You need to, you need to be, it needs to be. Don't get me wrong though. I'm not taking it easy the whole time I'm here. I'm definitely putting the work in. I'm working the entire time I'm here. Well, this is our business. Nonstop. This is our business. This is what we've chosen to do. Yeah. But we've chosen to do this. Because we but, want to do stuff like this. You know, the, the, there was a, a great quote that is directly, can be directly... Uh, he I loves hope quotes. you could take, you know, t- take it as directly for you two. And someone, someone once said, and I'm sorry I can't remember who said it, somebody, he said, uh, adventure, as you two are, you're on an adventure. And it's difficult. And at times it has to be figure it out. And like Lauren said before, you've got to take the time to figure out how you can do this. Because adventure, it's difficult. But the mundane will kill you. I agree. True. And, and you when know, we it, run into it, Alex, it's even bigger adventure. Plan, planning all this... And Definitely it, not mundane. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't call it mundane. That's not what I would call it. I, I think that you just need to see where your priorities are. I mean, the reason that I like to travel is because I don't like to beat to the tune of anyone's drum, as we all know in this room. I like to beat to my own drum, and I feel like travel is very liberating and gives you a lot of freedom to kind of be who you are. And it gives me... I feel creative. When I get back to the United States, my business in a way flourishes because I'm inspired and, and I feel more creative. So you just, I feel like you just have to figure out who you are and what you want out of life and, and really make sure that travel is a priority if it's something that fits with your trajectory. And with that, we're going to take a quick break to regroup and uh, we'll be right back. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. So we're back from the break. And uh, sitting here with Jean and Alex, we're in Provence. What, what is the village here called again? Segure. Segure. This place, this was like an old, it was like a, ba- like a battle village? Battle no, I, they all were like that. They all had a, a, they all were fortified. They were all medieval. And so that when they shut the doors to the village, and if they were under siege, they'd go up to the top of the village so they could defend it better. And they all had a, an old castle or own ruins or anything. And they, and who they were fighting with was each other, basically. It's funny because you can, from your terrace here, you can see the neighboring village. And I was talking to Alex, I'm like, what the hell happened? I'm like, 
you know, they were getting into battle. Jacques was out there in the wine fields and said, hey, Jacques, Frank over here, he's fucking my wife. I saw him, so we're going to attack the village. Right? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much how it happened. Pretty, pretty much how it happened. So then I they came say, over here, a bunch of people know, battled, and they went back and started right, the right, Okay, right. so the way, uh, Gene Alex, the, the way our show works is we get questions from the, the listenership and the viewers on the second half of the show, Lauren, and I like to answer those questions and get into them. So, Lauren, do you want to get into a couple questions? Yeah, Michael, let's get into it. <laughs> Usually we have my sister Jordan answering the, or asking the questions. Michael's going to play Vanna White today. I don't know what that means. Okay, so the first question, and Gina, like, this might be a little outside of your realm, but it would be interesting to hear your take on it. Is, what do you guys think about the new Instagram stories update? Will you stay on Snapchat? I will 100% stay on Snapchat. However, I will flirt with Instagram stories. There's nothing wrong with a little flirting. I think that you need to evolve as things are evolving. So I think it's, in a way, I think it's not smart to be like, I'm not doing Instagram stories. I'm just doing Snapchat. I think you have to constantly evolve, but I also think you have to really, really run your medium. And I've said this before. I love Snapchat. It works for me. It works for my audience. So I'm going to put 90% of my energy into Snapchat. But that's not to say that I won't still explore Instagram stories and play with it. But I'm not going to choose one or the other. And guess what? I don't have to. I don't have to choose one or the other. I think another smart thing if you're really great on Snapchat is to growth hack your Instagram stories and tell people about your Snapchat. Explain what your Snapchat's about on Instagram stories. So bring people from your Instagram onto your Snapchat. People were freaking out when this happened. I looked at this as a very positive thing. You can utilize your Instagram stories to literally blow the fuck out of your Snapchat. I mean, I think that I have a big, bigger audience on, on Instagram, and I can now bring that audience over to Snapchat, which I like Snapchat better. So you need to use whatever works for you to your advantage, and you can use both. Who cares? Well, here's, here's, here's the long and short of it. Like Everyone's saying, oh, Instagram stories is the new Snapchat killer. And buzzkill. Don't look at things negative. Well, it, the, the, the point is, is it doesn't really matter because it's the same type of content creation, meaning it's short video content that you're creating, whether it's on the Instagram platform, Vine. Or Snapchat, or it's the same thing with Vine. Like Vine died as a company, but video content creation didn't die and moved to Snapchat. And let me just tell you, a lot of people are very famous and been very successful on Vine because there was a lot of white noise on Vine. Everyone jumped ship off Vine and people kept riding it and putting in the work and the consistency and the persistency. And now there's a lot of people that are extremely successful with Vine. So I don't. I think that right now, while everyone's looking left towards Instagram video, I'm going to look right and I'm going to be positive about it and I'm going to focus a lot of my energy towards Snapchat. But that's not to say that I won't put a little energy into the Instagram well, thing. We did, we, I, did, I was talking about this yesterday on Snapchat and somebody messaged me and said, oh, you're going to leave Snapchat. Like, Don't forget that the people that view, like the reason that you're on Snapchat is because we are viewing you. And I said, listen, this isn't about leaving an audience or going somewhere else. It's, it's about going where the audience goes. If they decide to stay on Snapchat, then great, stay on Snapchat. If you're a content creator on Snapchat, stay there if the audience is there. If the audience says, hey, you know what? We like the platform of Instagram better. We're going to view there. Then, put, then take your story content and place it there. you got to pivot. you got to move. And that's with anything in life. And I think this even ties back to the whole traveling thing, Gene. You, ha- you have to constantly be evolving and moving. You can't just sit there for your whole... Well, uh, you I, can't I, just I, sit I couldn't there. agree with you more. Yeah. Because as you 
As we foreknow because we've experienced it, not because we're smarter than anybody else, because we've experienced it. How many times have you sat someplace and had a preconceived notion of what that country or people were like, only to get there and be nothing like you thought it was just because you watch CNN a couple of times a week? And so you gotta that, explore. You gotta explore. keep exploring. And it's like you, it's like you're saying between Instagram and Snapshot, whatever you're comfortable <laughs> with. I mean, whatever you're whatever whatever works for you. Whatever works. Well, Stay guys, in your own lane. It's all about where consumer attention goes. It's not about abandoning audiences or picking one platform or the other. It's like the same thing. Look at MySpace and Facebook. The reason MySpace ended up failing and becoming a nightmare is because they decided that they were going to ruin their platform by making it very, very ad-heavy. And what happened when, when Facebook came around is people said, you know what, we like this platform better. It's the same type of thing, profile, meeting friends, talking to friends from different places. And Facebook ended up becoming the more powerful platform. It ended up doing a better job. That's the same thing that's happening here. Competition is good. There's nothing wrong with competition. Um, if Snapchat does a better job and updates their platform and makes their users happier, then people will stay there. If Instagram does a better job, they'll move there. And when it comes to content creators like Lauren, you're gonna you're gonna produce the, the content creation is the same thing. It's just a matter of which content platform is better. And or what works for you. I mean, and again, I'm gonna just keep saying this. I notice that so many people in our generation take things as a negative. How about spinning it into a positive? How are you gonna make this new thing with Instagram work for you and work to your advantage? And like I said, I'm going to use it to growth, growth hack my Snapchat. Do what works for you. Maybe you use your Snapchat to direct your Snapchat followers to your Instagram because you like that platform better. Just move with it, go with it, flow with it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, this is the final question of the show. and I'm assuming, We only have two? We only have two. I'm assuming that everyone here has a lot to say on this subject. <laughs> we go. I feel like we need a baton and we can hold a baton when it's someone's turn to talk. Or a glass of rosé. Okay, exactly. so yeah, I'm going to give the baton first to Alex and then we can go around. Or an hourglass. An hourglass, something. Yeah, I mean, geez, we'll be here all night. You guys will have dinner with us. We'll go wine tasting together. I mean, shit. <laughs> okay, so here's the question. Can you please, please, please answer a question on your podcast or do a post about jealousy in relationships and how to combat it. The bell's going off in the town, which is pretty cool. It's kind of Cinderella-y. So, jealousy. Alex, what do you think of this? Here, Alex. Here's the baton. Jealousy in relationship. You've been in a relationship now for how long? Uh, almost three years. I'm so glad Alex has to go first. The Moose Knuckle is going to have his debut um, on this. I, yeah. yeah. Go let's, ahead. Let's, we, you're going so, to take the dive and all yeah. of us will follow. Yeah. So... If there's jealousy in a relationship, I feel that um, there's a reason for it. Whether the person is insecure, whether their their partner is making them insecure, or there's others, you have to find what I guess the root of the problem is first. Um, trust. You know, yeah, that's a great point. It's, some of it could be based on trust, but um, I just believe that there's a, there's. It's stemming from something, and it could be a lot of different reasons. And maybe the, the first step would be to find out where the root of the problem is, because there's, it's not they're jealous because of a particular reason. They're not just jealous because they're jealous, right? You've made them jealous. They feel jealous because of something, and you have to find out why that is. Yeah, I think you know my take on jealousy is that I think it's one of the most unhealthy things in a relationship because, like Alex said, there's probably some underlying reason whether it's somebody's being dishonest, you don't trust somebody, 
maybe your own insecurities, their insecurities. I don't think it can ever help or enhance a relationship. And Lauren, will, I'm going to let Lauren go last. Usually women go first. I'm going to let her go last. But Jean, you've lived, you've lived a long, fruitful life. He's had a, I'm sure you've had a couple of jealous and, women. Uh, you know, <laughs> do, you, do you agree with that? Or are you a jealous person? You've been with jealous people? Um, the first thing that I notice in a relationship or the first thing that people don't want to admit ever is that they're jealous. Almost the first words out of someone's mouth in the beginning of a relationship is the one you have to watch out for because it's just said. <laughs> and the first time someone's made, don't worry about me, I'm not jealous, then that's what you have to worry about. Well, you have to worry about I, if they're jealous. When now, I first met Lauren, she said, I'm a fucking psycho, don't fuck with me. Do I need to be concerned about this? No, because... You, 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 in my, in my, you know, estimation, the only people that ever stuck in my life, really stuck in my life, were crazy. I like crazy people. I like people that are coming from different places. But the question was jealousy. And I'll tell you my experience. I'm not telling you it's my opinion. I'll tell you my experience. I went out with two very attractive women. And one liked to go out with her girlfriends a couple of times a week. And the other one liked to go out with their girlfriends a couple of times a week. Now, where did the jealousy come in? I'm not a stupid guy. I hope to think I'm not. One would get dressed up and you couldn't believe what she looked like as far as sexy and this and that. And lo and behold, is it a coincidence she went to the hottest dating bars, whatever they were, because she was just going to have a drink with her girlfriends. I'm not really buying that. <laughs> My other girlfriend, who is just as pretty and just as provocative and everything else, when she went out with her girlfriends, she couldn't wait to go to a museum or a cafe because she really wanted to talk to the person. One is really wanting to see who she's missing, even if she doesn't do anything, because, because that could be a mental thing. If someone is, if someone is uh, unfaithful to you mentally... It doesn't matter about the physical part. I mean, it really doesn't. Great if point. They're, if they're mentally looking for someone else, they're eventually someday going to find it. And so when they're out and the only place they go to is the hottest dating bars, whether it be Miami, California, and this person used to do that. <laughs> and I remember getting a phone call once saying to, uh, I said, uh, she went to... Uh, she went to Florida and she went to Naples and lo and behold, she didn't know that I knew Naples really well. So I let me get this straight. You're in Fleming's tonight. How'd you know that? I said, because it's the hottest dating bar down there. Now, my other, my other the relationship afterwards, this stories. girl was wonderful. She was absolutely wonderful. But I knew if she was going out with her girlfriends, I never worried about it. If she went out at night with her girlfriend, I never worried about it. She gave me no reason to make me believe she was looking or she was mentally and, cheating. And I, I agree with everything you said. That's kind of how Lauren is to me. Like, Lauren can say, I am actually more concerned that I might have to go out with all the girls with Lauren. I'd rather, I'm like, listen, you got, if you got to go, go. I don't want to, I can't deal with all that. I couldn't agree more. Admit, you, yeah. go on your, you go out with your girls and you... And you like I don't try to drag along. Like I'm not a jealous person. Like I really, you know. Here's the thing that I think about jealousy, and this is the honest to god truth. This is going to sound a little harsh. 
I feel I don't put any energy towards jealousy, so there's no reason why I have to be jealous. I am I make myself busy with reading and work and family and experiences that I don't have fucking time to be jealous. And when you when you don't have time to be jealous, you aren't jealous. And at the end of the day, and I've told you guys this before, if Michael wants to go fuck another girl, then Bye. I don't want to be with someone that's going to go fuck another girl. So it's like, it's almost like I'm just not going to worry about it. Cause if he wants to do it or he's going to do it, or he's going to mentally have this or physically have that, then I don't want to be with him anyway. We're talking about the Dalai Lama and this is somewhat related and somewhat. You're going to relate the Dalai I, Lama to what I just said. I don't know how the Dalai Lama could, would be happy about me relating to a jealousy thing, but he's there. It was all about worry. And he said, when it comes to worry, either you can do something about it, in which case, there's nothing to worry about. Or you can't do anything about it, in which case also, there's nothing to worry about. And I think the same thing with jealousy. If somebody's going to step out on you or go somewhere... So you just copied what I just said. Yeah. No, okay. it's, I'm just... That wasn't, it, 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 let me... Let me if someone's going to do that, I guarantee you in 85 to 90% of the time, they've thought about it. Yeah, so why it do you, who wants to be with happen. someone like that? They thought about it, so they give you that. Now, I had a very good friend of mine who's a writer, and he wrote some of the most interesting mystery books in the world. And I can tell you who his name is, but it, it, it doesn't matter. And he wrote about this detective. And one night, he got a phone call one day, and he had to go to L.A. to take care of a, uh, a very beautiful actress who thought she was being killed. She was, that's almost trying to kill her. And he had to stay in the hotel room with her and everything else and, and take care of her. And they had a couple of drinks after about a week of her taking care of her. And it was a beautiful night in L.A. and the, the place was great and everything else. And this is the way he presented if he was going to be unfaithful. He was thinking about it and he said about his girlfriend, Jane. You know, Jane might understand this scenario. A beautiful night, we've had too much to drink. We've overstepped our boundaries. She may, she may forgive me for that, but she's not going to forgive me if it's premeditated. That's not going to happen. Yeah, you can understand the weak moment and it happened. No, let it anybody go. can forgive mistakes. It's the same thing with honesty. Exactly. Anybody can forgive a mistake. I can forgive a mistake. You can forgive. Right. Well, I can forgive Alex. But okay, so I'm going to go cheat with, with Leonardo DiCaprio on his yacht if you can forgive a mistake. Not if I do it first. <laughs> and with that, I think we'll get back to... It gets weird, time. you guys. What can I say? This is what I have to deal with. Three men. Well, yep. So we're going to get back to Rosé. Thank you guys again for listening. Like I said before, we really appreciate it. If you've had any entertainment out of this show... Please tell your friends. It's what keeps us delivering free content on a weekly basis. And follow us on Instagram and Snapchat at Lauren Everett's at Michael Bostic and use the hashtag ask him and her to ask us any questions. There's also a page on my website where you can ask us anything you want anonymously, whatever. Give us your name and we will see you next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers. And, and Gene and Alex, thanks for sitting in on us. Yeah, oh, that was our pleasure. That was a fun, fun surprise. Fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Skinny Confidential, him and her, with Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick. Download new episodes every Tuesday at podcastone.com or subscribe now on the Podcast One app.